Welcome to Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. I'm Nick the Human. We're back. We're back. I was going to say the long way to return to Nick and Eric classic mode, but really it's just been one episode. Yeah, this is now what? Our sixth uninterrupted week of posting episodes in yeah. a row. Holy shit, baby. Yeah, we're really doing it. This, uh, You know what? I, I looked at some of our podcast stats. It's been a solid two years since we've done that. Really? Yeah. I don't think we've posted more than five weeks in a row for the last two years. Like it was fall of 2021. Oh my God. That was the last time. That yeah. was like right when I moved here. <laughs> right when you were starting to. It was It was around the the Jeff episode. Yeah. I think, I think the thing that broke the streak that time was me going to Texas to play some shows. And then even then when I was there, we did an episode with Will. Yeah. Like, but yeah. So... Uh, Last two years have been rough, but hey, we're back at it. <laughs> oh my god, that's really cool. Well, I think it was it Ringo, um, our listener who was asking for that. We heard you, and we too wanted this to happen, and here we are. Uh, you know, I don't want to jinx us, but I think right now is a is a time to just have thanks that Eric, we uh, somehow our schedules uh, lined up. So yeah. yeah, I mean, we're doing Fiona and Cake. So I look, I did look at the calendar and. There are 10 episodes of Fiona and Cake. We're doing episode six today. Uh, if we do another four episodes week by week, we're going to blow right through Halloween and into be November. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Are those things that, that we would put on hold for Fiona and Cake? Do we do like episode seven, eight of Fiona and Cake and then switch to Halloween special and then a full month of be November and then finish Fiona and Cake and... Nine and ten in December. Um, if you have any feelings in this, did you see the mail at gmail.com? <laughs> I, we would love your feedback. I feel like we see through Fiona and Cake only because we still have years of this podcast ahead of us. So saving a Halloween or be November is quite nice. Unless we did like a double episode week or something. Maybe. I mean, be November is an institution in this household. <laughs> it is. We've done three years of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, that might not be true. I think we've we've done two. We didn't do it the first year. Oh yeah, we didn't. But <laughs> since the second year, this has been an institution. It is. I'm just, which is something we could do. But at some point, we might have to start rego over BMO episodes for BMOVember. I mean, which is yeah. something we would do. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, they're gonna keep thinking about that. I think we stick through Fiona and Cake. I think uh, it seems like people are enjoying the Fiona and Cake episodes. Seems like people are listening to them, whether or not they're enjoying it up, up in the air still. <laughs> well, we did get it. Do you want to read some mail since we haven't done this? Not in, really. In a lot. <laughs> Why? <laughs> All right, fine. We can read it. No, that's not. Let's save it until you're in a better mood. <laughs> I don't want to read nice things people said about us. I mean, nice things, except that they don't like our Scott talk. All right, let's read the mail. Let's, uh, did you see the mail? Here we go. Mail. All right, Eric, there's no need to get defensive. I think I have even said in the air, I'm sometimes an, we go too deep on I'm it. an artist, and the only thing I can do is get defensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're making a podcast, which is entertainment for other folks. They're going to have feelings this is, on it. This is art, Nick. Okay, don't sell ourselves short. Okay. Yeah, it's not just a radio, it's not a radio broadcast. Podcasting took it into a new level. Um yeah. Okay. So, so we got an, uh, an email, which they send it as a uh, Jen from Halifax, Canada. Hi, Jen. Um, you wrote us a very nice email. Again, if you want to write emails to us, we're going to read them on the air. At Did you see the mail at gmail.com? This is from Jen, a, Jen, a new listener. We also got like a comment from somebody else who just found us. Um, it seems like people are, are, coming on board and finding us through the Fiona and cake episodes. Um, Jen though has been uh, listening for a few months going through the back catalog while going through um, new episodes that come out, which a uh, very good sign. And I, I love that because that's what I do when I find a new podcast. Um, Eric, do you have any current podcasts that you just got into? Um, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've been off for a while. Now I'm really into office hours with Tim Heidecker and I'm doing that where I'm listening to the new episodes that come out and I'm excited and I'm going through the back catalog and it's nice. I was like, I haven't gotten into a podcast in a while. It's like a really nice feeling. 
Um, but I digress. I mean, that's why I guess we started a podcast because I like them. Um, they wanted to write to express the admiration for the Fin and Kick episodes and really hearing enjoyed hearing discussion about it from adults. You see that, Eric? People are enjoying it. Um, you know, they have kids, and while the, there's like a lot of uh, enthusiasm there, discussions aren't like you know what we're doing. They they gave us some really good feedback on the last episode we did with Dave Lucas, which is they don't think that the farm world Finn's kids were kidnapped because they mentioned the mother and the stew, which was something we brought up. It is possible Jay is though, since he seems to be a bit too old to be Finn's biological kid, unless he was a teen dad. And I think that um, likely that their mother was the farm world version of Huntress Wizard, since the redheaded child looks a lot like Hunter from Fiona's Universe and Huntress from the Vampire World. That is a very good theory. Mm-hmm. I like that. But yeah, the, the, I have seen some stuff about the timeline is a little wonky for like, how old is this kid, Jay, versus like how much time has passed. So like, I, I think canonically, what is it's 12 years have passed since uh, the end of the series, which means what? Fiona is 29. Do we know that? I did uh, we make that up? N- well, if 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 Finn was seventeen at the end of Adventure Time, and it's now twelve years since since that in universe, I think somebody uh, somewhere some somewhere cemented that as that's in canon. Like it's twelve years have passed. Okay. So so the Finn that we saw in episode two is twenty nine. Does that mean that this Fiona is also 29? It's a little older than I had thought. But that's, I mean, it's still totally fine. Well, it's, oh yeah. I mean, it's great for us because it uh, is closer to what, remember we said this feels really relevant to us and I was like, yeah, but like, I think they're supposed to be like 24 or something and it made me feel like insecure because I'm a 34-year-old man <laughs> relating to a 24-year-old character. But no, they're supposed to be 29. So. Okay, it says that right there. That's, Boom. That's on a website on the internet. Good. Yep. Okay, great. Confirmed. Um. So, yeah. So, I guess that means that this Farm World fan is also 29 years old, which means that having a, like, an early teenager son 13, is 14 yeah 15 jay seems like it might be 15 16 maybe i don't know yeah yeah so it's kind of rough jen i like where you're going with this um and the huntress wizard thing is, is really great um and and look this is what i'm getting at this discussion i'm excited to still have Podcast episodes about Fiona Cake to listen to now that the show is over. Can't wait to hear your talk, your take on Winter King and the Star, which you're in luck today. Um, and then this part. Now, Eric, don't again, don't get defensive. This is a common criticism. It's nice to not have to ride my skip button through too much Scott talk. No offense, but I'm a lab tech and the technical technicalities of music are not my bag. But I do love the musical themes and sing them to myself often, sometimes replacing the words with the names of my kids or cats and Eric I'm just your problem cover is dope as hell so it's they like the music they like what we create it's just the in-depth Scott talk and now I I, I also have to they t- bring up the technicalities of music which I know again <laughs> we I, I just have to remind we we have like gear talk on here remember we had Aaron Gittleman and Sean on I think you and Sean were like talking in depth about the specific consoles you guys were using (laughs) (laughs) and monitors. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I I do want to back Jen up here. Um, Does that mean the Scott and technical talk will stop? No. Uh, Uh, Speaking of which I have a new album out this Friday, October 13th, Friday the 13th unlucky disaster for everyone involved. There's a new Scott album by me out everywhere. It's free. If you want to download it, or listen to it on any platform that's has every music out there for free already. <laughs> Music's free, y'all. <laughs> yeah, this is okay. So this was the thing when I started releasing solo music. I was like, oh, Jeff Rosenstock releases his music for free. Here's the Jeff reference, I guess. Um, not that we've already talked. We've already mentioned Jeff, yeah. I think. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm like, I'll, I'll release my music for free too. And now it's like not. A big fucking deal at all because everyone listens to music for free yeah. on spotify music everyone, is free it's like okay i can download it on bandcamp for free but why do i want fucking 
downloads. Yeah, like what am I going to do with this? Put keep it on my phone? Why? Yeah, why? <laughs> Just take up space so I can download fewer podcast episodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, go go listen to it, y'all. If you missed the last episode, there was a premiere of a new song. There is a song you can preview up now everywhere. Um, it's a really good one. With with really great artwork. Yeah, protection spell. There it is. Yeah, so my new album, Book of Spells, out Friday the 13th of October. Everywhere you can buy vinyl on my Bandcamp or CDs. We'll post it again on our socials, Adventure Guys Podcast um, on, on Instagram. Go, we'll, you'll, you'll see a little bit about that. It's um, definitely ska music. In a great way, though. And if you like the music in this podcast, you might, you'll probably like the music that you find on this, yeah. uh, this album. I would say you could call it New Tone Ska. That's been a little bit of a uh, a term that's been floating around the last few years. New tone. Cool. And actually, if you're into ska, which... Some are. Some are. <laughs> some aren't. But uh, there's a lot of other new ska happening right now. Uh, my friends in the band Flying Raccoon Suit from Mississippi are putting out a new record on Bad Time Records, uh, which is the label that my band The Holophonics releases on. Uh, that'll be out in a couple weeks but they have a couple singles streaming now the band power up from massachusetts are putting out a new record uh at the end of the month also they play heavier ska core and that's really cool and i think there's i mean october is actually like an incredible month for ska there's a lot of new ska happening i love it in response to Jen's, I don't have to skip through too much Scott talk. Eric, you just launched into some Scott talk. Yeah, it was spiteful. Okay. That's my spiteful Scott talk. Um, great. <laughs> um, notice though, Jen didn't say that they don't like Scott. It's just the Scott talk. But it's good. Those bands are good. Flying Rats, Coon Suits, bud, or Buds. Let's go out and support it. And hey, look, even if you're not into Scott, you're talking to, there's two musicians here. If there's someone in your life who's got a band, like go listen to it today and text them about it because that's the cool thing to do. Support your buddies making art. Yeah. Because making art sucks. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> it's only the best thing I think you can do to spend time. That's also true, but yes, it sucks. But it also sucks. <laughs> and we're in a world that's oversaturated with content, which I'm, again, this podcast starts. The, the fact that you're listening to us right now means a lot, but there's someone in your life who's, posting drawings on Instagram, who's making songs, who's playing a show and your support means a lot, even if they don't say it. I know that for a fact. So go do it. Um, thanks Jen. And again, y'all can email us at did you see the mail at gmail.com anytime and we'll come back. Um, all right. We got to go to episode discussion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> episode discussion. Okay, we watched Fiona and Cake, Season 1, Episode 6, The Winter King. And at this point, uh, in real-world timeline continuity here on planet Earth, uh, the entire series of Fiona and Cake has aired on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've watched all of it. You haven't, Nick. No. But this episode, The Winter King, is probably my favorite of the ten. Yeah, it made me feel so good watching it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is Adventure Time correct. Um, that's where we'll just start. It's, I, what I, I found, it's fun. Okay, so in this, we're oscillating between two worlds where we're going between this new one that Simon, Fiona, Cake, and uh, the Scarab have gone to, which, do, do, we, do we get a name for this? It's the Winter King universe kind of? We don't. I don't know if we get it, really get a name. I don't know if it really matters. Uh, yeah, I don't it's know. just like an alternate universe, an alternate version. Just, just one of the many that we sort of flip through in this series, and and yeah. So like we're in the middle of of the season. We're in the meat of this series. We get uh, last last episode was like farm world universe. This ep episode is this winter universe. Um, presumably, they're just going to keep zapping through the multiverse and next week we'll get another one, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So we find ourselves in this, in this new one with the winter King 
who Fiona says, I've been dreaming about you, which it is, right? It's the same, the pretty Ice King. Yeah, it's uh, like a version of. Yeah. And then um, we also are going back to, for the first time in a while, the Fiona and Cake's like home world. Yeah, it was good to spend some more time here. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what, that's where I was going to start. It was like, the episode starts there um, with Gary, and I'm like, it seems like this is technically like the B story. Yeah. But it's just as endearing as the main main yeah, story. I was like, it feels really nice to be back here. I'm glad. Um, I know that it's like a yeah, twenty something young adult, late teens like kind of a, a vibe on this, but I was like we loved that first episode and I like being back here. It it's really cool where they're like animating it where it's a snowy day, like a snowy Saturday and um, Gary meets Marshall Lee and I I love everything about this whole storyline. Yeah. Um, maybe we should like sort of segment this into like like the B, B story and the A story. And the B story I think is like where a lot of the heart for me ties into like what I loved about the original Adventure Time. Mm. And, you know, th- throughout the episode they they cut between them and they, they show a lot of like parallels that are sort of like you know surface level like oh look at this character it looks like this here it looks like that here um but the really cool thing to me about this gary and marshall story is that it shows the beginning of their relationship and it shows the beginning of gary's like dream Mm -hmm. and this is not something that we ever see in adventure time uh we sort of jump into you know, these characters, Marceline and Princess Bubblegum, like hundreds of years in. And, you know, they've they've known each other. They've been on and off again for a while. We never get like the meet cute. No. And here it is. It's a different version, but I think it gives us a lot of insight into the original Marceline and original Princess Bubblegum characters. Yeah. We get sort of the the fundamentals of the relationship, maybe. The foundation. Yeah. Um. And seeing what is a, what they enjoy about each other, like I guess, which is cool, and they like say it and they explain it because in the other one we just know that they're good together and they get along and we see them having fun where they're in a relationship. We've even seen it in this series, but here is cool to see like, I mean specifically Marshall Lee recognizing in Gary more so what they like because like Princess Bubblegum, Gary seems pretty focused and driven on what he's doing yeah and and marshall lee's floating and is like hey what's going on over here and then like <laughs> tags along and is a part of it yeah they uh they're very complimentary in like in a way that uh, the adventure time series sort of like pits the differences between marceline and bubblegum against each other in a way that like all right well yeah they have this relationship but there's conflict and they're fighting and that kind of thing um, and we see it here in, in a way that like, all right, they're nice foils for each other. Um, I really, really love sort of the, this origin story of Gary, the baker, like developing his dream because okay. So we've seen the Twitter discourse about like princess bubblegum is a war criminal or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking hate that take. Like I love princess bubblegum. She's always been my favorite character in the original series. Um, I don't think that's come up recently in the last like no several ep- like last like fifty. Ep- I don't. When have we talked about Prince Bubblegum? It's been yeah. a while. But for new listeners, my favorite character is PB. Um, I for whatever reason, the first uh, time I watched through, I was like, that's the one that I identify with. That's like that's I get her in a way that like the other characters didn't resonate for me. Um, not that I don't like the other characters, but she stood out. And I feel like it's it's very simplistic and re- reductionist to just say that oh she's a fascist and she's you know this uh, like maybe benevolent but a dictator and uh, she has all this control over other people's lives. Seeing it from the perspective of Gary Prince starting his own business, right? Like as a as a pastry chef, like making these little these these pastry people. He cares so much about all these little inventions of his and he imbues humanity into 
his creations. He's got backstories. Yeah. He's got character development. Like these matter to him on a level that is so beyond what anyone else would put into their art, let alone (laughs) the food they're going to eat, you know? And uh, I think it's that level that that level of caring that has always been present in Princess Bubblegum in the original series that maybe gets glossed over because hundreds of years have passed since like the origin and like we don't get a lot of focus on that and people maybe don't key into it as much like on a, on a like just watching like surface level kind of kind of uh, scenes with her interacting with the candy people because they're all dum dums and shit. Um, but at her core, Princess Bubblegum and by extension Gary, at their cores they care so deeply about the candy people and it's not that they're a god to them it's that like they are invested in the art of these of these people um and i think that speaks so much to uh this character that has been overlooked for a long time Mm. it's so nice to see that depicted on screen i like that i mean i don't no, if I really got that always from from PB, if I'm being honest, like the care and interest in that character. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think I think it's always been there. But like by the time we jump into her storyline, we're hundreds of years in the future and we've missed a lot of, you know, key moments in her development. Um, and, you know, by the time Finn and Jake start rolling around, it's like, yeah, maybe maybe the way she behaves and talks about it is a little condescending yeah and like i think i just yeah and not to cut you off but usually when we're seeing pb interact with the candy kingdom it's just there's a problem or there's a conflict and she has to resolve it which is going to make her focused or frustrated or exasperated or something and then they use i think the candy people to create some of those problems so that's just i mean that's just how you're going to write story and I think it just makes it probably tough for that to shine through when that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we finally get it. And I think this is something that maybe I subconsciously recognized about that character early on is that just, you know, just as like an artist, like as that, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. Yes. <laughs> Not a the, podcaster. I'm an the artist. theme. <laughs> but as, yeah, as someone who's you know, trying to create something new and put something new into the world, she's maybe maybe it's not surface level but i i think i subconsciously saw that that was there yeah love it um really cool yeah and it's a great way to do it so yeah want to want to let's let's stay in the real world first and just talk about the b storyline which we we enjoyed so much so I mean, you just you just went through it and did it a lot. It's cool. I mean, Donald Glover's acting as Marshall Lee is great, and you you get the sly intrigue. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to see this like this pair on like on screen live action. Donald Glover and Andrew Reynolds. Mm. <laughs> that would be very intriguing, right? Because he steps. Okay, so Marshall Lee steps out of the bathroom without a shirt on. And what does he even say? It's like, it's sort of an innocuous line, but it, it's like, so, who are you? It's so sexually charged. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good reading of that line. Who are you? Um, but like only in a way that he's going to do it. Yeah. Um, and then it's fun. Them hanging out. They talk about, he's talking about his dream and to, it's funny. Cause Marshall says like, is what's intriguing first is that, Oh, you made those things that I ate that Fiona was carrying around. Like, I want more of those. Like, let me come with you and get some more of this. While he clearly interested. And so how do we get more? He's like, well, I want to open my own bakery, but I would need capital. There's these two investors in town called the lemon carbs. And he's like, Oh, I think my mom knows them. Um, And, and which is interesting. Lemon carbs made me go, what? Because, okay, cool. It's like the inverted version of lemon grab. And that's exciting to see. But don't you remember there's an episode where tree trunks mistakenly call refers to <laughs> yeah. lemon grab as lemon carb. Yeah, and they they rolled with that. In the original series, yeah. right? Yeah. Why did she call them lemon carb? She was messing up everyone's name, right? Yeah, she was yeah, there was, she was just fucking up in a way that an old lady doesn't care. Yeah. Like and that's what they made the uh <laughs> 
the real world versions of them lemon carbs and i guess i guess they're like food business investors or whatever they do it's like i think they're just rich people in town yeah they probably just give people money and invest in whatever and they're truly they're just as weird as what you would think um yeah so then they they're going around they have like a really cute day they're buying records and drinking lattes and they go to the bakery so he can gary can make stuff and uh marshall he's like you st- you're stealing kitchen time that's punk he goes like i say i'm punk and he goes hold on one minute and he, i'm gonna call someone at that moment i'm like okay is this gonna turn on gary but you're like no because it's supposed to empty together and you're like so i was glad that it didn't and it turns out he was probably calling his mom to talk to the lemon carbs to get them to come down right yeah um now a question i have let me know if we've, if we've ever encountered this is that marshall lee's mom would be the same as marceline's dad yeah which would be simon right no oh no yeah oh yeah i forgot simon <laughs> no which would be um the 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 fries guy the hunson abadir in the nidosphere so i'm hoping we're gonna get hunson abadir female version which is marshall lee's mom well there i mean there's so much to spoil now for you if you haven't seen the the next four episodes yeah i don't i wonder what our listeners are doing i bet they've all watched it all they've all watched it all i should just watch it all (laughs) um i was trying to keep it fresh so i could as we were starting to keep up with what the listener pace was um so but what would there be a simon-esque female character in the fiona and cake world even though Hmm. i know this lives inside of simon's head but shouldn't there be some sort of representation well so well, i guess isn't the, it, ice king himself is in the original finn and uh fiona and cake right no there is an ice queen oh remember? yeah yeah and i think we only, right 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 we talked about that yeah i guess we haven't seen the real world version of ice queen yeah oh well well we'll see um so then they go and then this this was really fun when the lemon carbs come and Gary brings out the version of of this whole you know kingdom as he refers to it as and they love the taste but they hate the little faces on it yeah. and then he starts telling them and, and explaining that these are all characters in a part of the world which you'll buy more and I thought that was a really cool idea and he didn't he he explained it but I was like he should be selling it as like people are going to want to buy all of them instead of just one for the flavor, all of it for the story and for the collection and the, and everything, which is what he was getting at. But I was like, that's kind of a cool business angle. Yeah. And the lemon carbs, they didn't appreciate the art of it. No, they just appreciated the, the consumable aspect of it, which that gets me. Yeah. Well, and what got me is that, you know, he's torn up and then says, thank you. I would have just, you know, tossed and turned with that recipe forever. And now I know that they don't like it. It's better to have it happen now. And as somebody who's been chipping away on a record for two or three years, I'm like, oh, I, I need to just finish this and, and go and move on. Um, <laughs> I'm like that. I mean, that's a thing that can happen with creative people and artists who care too much, maybe. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then that's kind of where this, this one ends with them, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then and on the other side, we've got this other weird, version of the of ice king called the winter king where seemingly he is um as he puts it conquered the crown yes uh so they're they're dropped into this universe uh the scarab is he hangs on so as they're leaving the farm world universe when maybe farm world finn is impaled by (laughs) like the scarab hangs on to fiona or cake or whatever as they're zapped into the next one so he's right there with them but they're immediately saved by the winter king who freezes the scarab in magic ice um she's great and this is confirmation that simon's you know plan yeah like he asserted that like yeah if i was ice king i could have handled this guy no problem and like yeah that's which which we didn't believe right but it's proven right off the bat Mm -hmm. yeah the the crown is super powerful uh and winter king just takes that piece off off the chessboard for the episode it's like now they can do their own thing in this little world 
<clears throat> and they don't have to worry about the antagonist like fucking up their plans just yet. They're like we can we can live here for a little bit. We can explore the the new setting. We get this really nice sequence with a different animation style uh, and a song, and it's not as tense for a little while. Yeah, um, which is nice because there's it's just been pretty intense this episode this whole series and like the dire nature of simon is like we need to kind of reprieve yeah um yeah and we get us we get a song yeah he's sort of like, so like hey like this is totally ordinary like i'm not phased by this at all like people from the multiverse are showing up in my world it's a different version of me but hey i, I know everything you're going through so i can help you out let me explain uh, my world and how awesome it is and how once you conquer the crown you can bend reality to your will and live in a paradise of ice <laughs> yeah winter wonder world it's called yeah. i think it starts with simon going like but you're just as screwed up as i am how <laughs> how is this happening yeah and that's where we get we get the song in the song i was listening to i was like we don't get a lot of direct answers though right he, we just learned that he conquered the crown we so there are subtle because because of the reveal at the end. Yeah, there are subtle um, nods to like, hey, something's being avoided here, right? Yeah, and uh, like he asks about what happened to Betty, and he's like, oh, Betty, who was that? Oh, that the one that died, right? No, I haven't thought about her in forever. <laughs> he was like, that was like the, the great love of our lives. He goes, not the way I remember it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then he says. Oh well, I mean, if you if you really miss her, you could just make an ice Betty. And oh, I'm just kidding. That would be unethical. But but in the little tour of of his his ice world, we see a ice. a young Marceline made out of ice playing the bass, locked up in a cage. That was a cage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, you get you get a, you you get a feeling like as it's going that the other shoe's going to drop at some point. Yes. And that really comes, we finally get confirmation of it when you see Candy Kingdom off in the distance and he's like, don't don't go over there. You need to worry about that. And yeah. you're like, okay. It's like, there's, there's some hope where it's like, okay, this is just like the reverse version where like, hey, like the Candy Queen is, is you know, is the villain and everything else about this world is, you know, is just as cool and interesting as our original Adventure Time universe. It just so happens that, you know, now, uh, the guy with the crown can help us. Um, what a great spin! Like let's uh, let's explore this and and have fun with it. Um, but yeah, like it gets increasingly dark, darker as they head into the Candy Kingdom and start dealing with <laughs> with that shit. And what is a <laughs> at first they're like, oh, it's no big deal. She kidnaps him all the time. But then they're like kidnapped and he's like this happens to you like all the time he's like well no this part's an escalation <laughs> yeah when the big mixer comes out <laughs> yeah mixing bowl um yeah that's yeah, it's it's funny and um and crazy and yeah then we finally get to see princess bubblegum cover who's like this whacked out crazy version um and i was kind of looking i was like does she have a crown on or like what's causing her to be crazy like what's going on here yeah it's not uh, really because it's like inverted yeah um really fun voice acting from hinden walsh um i was curious who did it the candy queen yep Hinden walsh it uh it doesn't even sound like it it doesn't sound anything like our normal pb voice um until like she gets to some singing parts and stuff yeah um and um yeah she's being crazy and then Fiona and Kate come to save the day with the ice scouts, I guess they're called, that work for the Winter King. Yeah, who, who are those ice scouts supposed to be in analog for? I guess the penguins. I mean, like... Or or in the... Well, maybe it's like they're the banana guards, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the, that's, that's probably what it that's is. Far, yeah, and they just happen to be competent because... Because this whole world is good and works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, yeah, so then they come over and they're like, come, and like... Fiona has this like magic sword and everything and is really enraptured with this world. And then magic sword, by the way, it has a design that reminds me of the ice thing. Mm. This, this would be reading into like some very buried subtext. Um, but let's just say that this sword it's magic, but maybe it's like a version of sentient. 
it's sort of like fighting on its oh, own. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it gives assistance and stuff. Uh, maybe when this uh, Simon learned to conquer the crown and become this all-powerful Winter King, maybe he, like there was still that version of Gunther that was Orgolorg. Mm-hmm. Maybe he turned the like the ancient evil power of Orgolorg into this sword. Maybe. Maybe he, he was like, oh shit, that's something we should deal with. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't have this like super evil penguin hanging around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once with the clarity of mind. Yeah. Um, um, so maybe, he, maybe that's, maybe that sword is Orgolorg. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Just shot in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and yeah, and they're going and they start like going to save Prince or the Winter King. And Fiona is just like destroying the banana guards and murdering them. And as she's murdering them, she goes, this is the feeling I've been looking for. Right. And just like, and then cake just smashes one into pulp. It's like, Oh my God. It's this, this maybe makes me believe that there's something more about that sword than we want to admit. Um, because like, I don't know, like, is this really the feeling that they've been searching for? Right. Like maybe there's something like a little bit more evil about this situation. Um, that's like affecting them rather than like, that's not like the pure adventurism that Finn and, and Jake have from the original series that this Fiona and Cake are searching for. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's what so they go in and they're just like murdering everyone. They go up and then they save as they're going to save. Simon is interestingly like don't kill or hurt print the candy queen as she's called. Um, like something's wrong with her. We can fix her. Yeah. Now, isn't that doesn't I guess I guess Princess Bubblegum tries to fix Ice King. Right? Mm. Does she ever at some point? They do sort of investigate like tried. what's going on with your crown? Like maybe we can fix this. Yeah. Um but you know, for the most part, I don't think yeah, she, not really. she's not really that invested in it. Uh, like I think we've had this conversation before about like, all right, when Betty gets transported into ooh, a thousand years past the mushroom wars, it's like she's trying to figure out a way to fix yeah. Simon. Why isn't she conferencing with the greatest technological mind in Ooh? Like, why isn't she teaming up with PB on this? Um, And there's a little bit about that, like, like, right, Simon says, uh, like, her brain's just messed up. We can fix her, something like that. And Princess Bubblegum is actually, like, pretty laissez-faire when it comes to other people's mental health. Like... (laughs) It's like, hey, I mean, there's the whole thing with her brother where it's like, hey, you don't need to understand it. Just respect it. Like, I don't think she's like really invested in like trying to certainly not trying to fix anyone. I think she got that idea out of her head a long time ago. Yeah. Um, That she's probably just like, hey, if that's the way that person is, then sure. Um, And that's probably why she tolerates Ice King for so long. Yeah. Like that, Eric. Um, So... Yeah, so then Ice, to go back here, Ice King is, uh, or Simon, yeah, I was like, don't hurt her. They get into a fight, and uh, the Winter King's like, knock knock, knock her out, which Fiona does. They unwrap them out of, like, the licorice, uh, you know, ties. And then the Winter King is, like, takes Fiona and is, like, you know, be with, what does he say? Like, embraces her and is, like, take me an embrace or something. And she goes to make out with him, kisses him, and he grows old extremely fast. It's sort of like a, it looks like from Beetlejuice when the they grow really old. Like remember the Dietzes in the end of the movie start growing yeah. old and decrepit and are dying. It's like literally the same effect. And um, oh my god, that's a great pull. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking about. Be- I don't think about that enough. But the- Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, I thought about it yesterday too. Um, just just our own mortality. It's like yeah. We should be thinking about Beetlejuice. <laughs> I really think that Beetlejuice is underrated. It's incredibly underrated. It's, it's it's such a weird and unique movie that like I just think stands kind of unparalleled. It's like what it's such a fucking odd creation. And then like the all the choices in like Michael Keaton's acting choice is weird. You get the Tim Burton set design. Like the concept is insane. It's 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 awesome. I do remember it taking up a lot of space in my brain when I was young. Like as a kid, seeing that movie, it was like yeah. it wasn't that it was like fucked up. It was that it was like this is something I've never seen before and would have never imagined on my own. It's like I mean that's like what great art can be, right? <laughs> but it was just 
it was uh just a lot of like the imagery was just like the whole um like right when they're trying to be scary and uh like she opens up her mouth like yeah. super fucking wide and her eyeballs are like in like, her tongue yeah yeah <laughs> that was an image that was like like it's not frightening it's no. just like and he puts so... his hand up in his head and it like yeah it's like it's so curious and just like intriguing in a way that like my child mind was like that's always going to stick with me <laughs> oh yeah it's like it's iconic i mean Tim Burton, I think, drew those or whatever. Like he came, he came <laughs> yeah. up with that. You know what's interesting about that movie is, um, I love it, dude. We're finally getting off course. We've been too on course these last bunch of episodes. <laughs> um, I have read into like where did um this come from? Because like Tim Burton didn't write and direct it, and I think it's like actually one of those interesting movies. Oh, I forget, but um, like it goes through like a really winding path to exist where like a, a a writer wrote it and then like two other guys rewrote it and then one other guy was doing it and like it like keeps developing and like certain scenes and ideas are getting added version by version until like the script ends up with Tim Burton and then he does a final dust up so it's like like a weird like Hollywood tale where it's not like a a singular auteur vision who's like, I'm going to make this world. It's like, no, it was like passed through the Hollywood system, collecting ideas and then coming out with Tim Burton and come. It's so interesting because when was this movie? 89. Let me look right now. 88, 88. Um, And for that to happen, for that process to happen today would almost certainly be uh, a shedding of ideas rather than a collecting of ideas. Yeah. Um, So it's really cool that, that's how it was birthed and you know like yeah like product of the time like it could never happen that way today yeah like the original version is it's spelled differently is a winged demon who takes the form of a short middle eastern man who's intent on killing the deetses rather than scaring them and wants to just have sex with lydia instead of marrying her um yeah so yeah he only needs to be exhumed from his grave to wreak havoc he cannot be summoned or controlled by his name, saying his name three times. He wanders the world freely. Um, and like, there's a second child that the Dietzes have. Like there's so many things that are just different from where you end up being. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Universe. <laughs> yeah. This guy who was like the producer, um, and like helped with the story, I think um, was like universal was so like bummed out about the original version of the script. Yeah. I mean, this is a good Wikipedia article. If you love this movie, just <laughs> I'm looking through, I, I, this is something like I read like years ago and it's it just popped in my head. Um, anyway, princess bubblegum kisses ice King and he Beetlejuice is uh, out <laughs> and, he, well, okay. and he, and he dies. Um, the winter I, King. Well, did you catch like what happens exactly and why this happens? No, it's like, they kiss him and then he melts and the whole world melts. Okay. So this is something that's been like building subtly over the last several episodes and um, they never really drive this home. Um, so I, I feel like it's, this is actually like a really central plot point um, that isn't dwelt on very much, um, but it gives a lot of credence to like wh- why the scarab is so fucking pissed and like why he's trying to eliminate this threat like, what is the actual threat, you know? Um, well, Fiona and Cake originated in a magic universe, and yeah. now their universe is non-magical. Every time they go to a different magic place, they are contaminating the new universe with non-magic. Like, in every new place they go to, there's always, like, a little thing where, um, like, something glitches out, and it becomes a non-magical version. Like, it... Like, have you seen, like, caught any of that? It's, like, always really small. I don't know if I've caught any of that. Obviously so, with the crown in this episode. But. So, the, uh, like, eat, the episode Cake the Cat, for example, right? Like, the, uh, when Cake is fighting uh, all the, like, people in the forest of Ooh, like, and this is, like, our mainline Ooh universe. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, the little hot dog knights that, that attack yeah. her. And, like, she's fighting them and she contaminates them. And it turns into just a regular fucking hot dog. Like a, oh, a I non that. Yeah, non-sentient piece of food that's just like, yeah. So 
like they are kind of ruining the places oh, that they're visiting. So this isn't because what Princess Bubblegum does is like it's like an old thing. You you it was a spell that you broke through your kiss. It might be less of that. And she was holding the crown. Yeah. And she just glitched out the crown to turn it into a non-magical piece of hon- right, hunk so of metal. That's what happened. It wasn't like a spell breaking. It was like, no, she unmagicked. Yeah. There's a, there's a few other examples of, of that in, in the other episodes. Just like, she, you know, they, they turned something into a mundane version of it, of itself. Um, it happens in the, in the, the destiny episode also. I forget, I forget where. Um, but it's like they never really directly talk about it. I'm gonna call from my uh, my new roommate. Oh, okay, Becker. you can keep going. From hello, <laughs> what's up? I am, but it's okay. Eric's monologuing. <laughs> oh yeah, you got one. Whoa. Yeah, I'll be around. Just call me. Okay, great. Thanks. Bye. Um, my new roommate, Becca, bought a desk and needs help bringing it in. Okay. But in 20 minutes. Okay. So we can keep going. Yeah. But let's, I guess we'll see where we get to. <laughs> um, well, well, uh, yeah. Okay. So. So, yeah. So they're, they're, they're definitely causing damage. And the scarab has like at least a right to be concerned. He doesn't have a right to be such a fucking dick about it all. <laughs> But He's like, a real dick. He he could even just like like he could even just bring it up. He's like, hey, by the way, have you noticed that you're glitching shit out and turning it into non magic? Like, that's what should happen. Yeah, they they ha- they ha- the characters don't acknowledge it at all. Um, I, I don't even know if they're noticing. No, like, but Fiona comes to terms with, oh, I thought I was becoming myself and real. I was just hurting people. Have I been hurting people in all these different universes? Doesn't exactly. Isn't the pieces aren't coming together, but there's a recognition of something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we get PB, which was nice to just see for a second. Um, and the scarab comes to get them and says, "Yeah," because he keeps saying stuff like, "You shouldn't exist. You're an abomination." And um, yeah, really intense language. And it's like if you don't catch like these these little glitch things, like what is why is he so fucking yeah no i'm pissed. i'm actually glad to get some justification for his anger <laughs> yeah it's like okay thank you um yeah so <laughs> um yeah and then they're like <laughs> simon quick get us out of here zap us out he zaps the scarab doesn't go with them as they zap so, which is very intriguing because now the scarab's stuck in that world yeah um he's got to figure out how to follow them yeah which I guess he can get back out to Prismo or some shit. Um, but then they end up in a baby universe. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Now this is, this is like the fun little, you know, like non-serious version of like what the show can be. It's like, all right, just show me like little joke universes uh, that aren't, you know, story driven or anything. And um, it's like, um, you see the Doctor Strange multiverse movie? No. I see all the all the the comic book mul- yeah. major media shit is doing multiverses now. So like in you know in the in the Doctor Strange movie there's like the the moment where he they're like flying through universes and like uh it's like oh here's like you get like a couple seconds of each world as they just blow past all of them and then like in the middle of like the montage you get like oh everyone's like a cartoon now for like you know four seconds or whatever like oh that's that's weird then you know it's it's like we can we can like get these like the visual gags of like they're in a fucking baby universe and everyone's just a baby like how does it even make sense that everyone is just a baby (laughs) doesn't um here we are. We get the lich as a baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great. Um, and that's where Fiona has her recognition that she's been hurting people. And it kind of ends there, right? That's, that's. Yeah, I think they. Um, that is the conclusion. Well, they muster up some resolve to like continue on their quest and they do a little fist bump and yeah. uh, baby Finn joins in. Oh, in yeah, the yeah, fist yeah. Bump. That was fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So really enjoyable episode. Lots of good good stuff to talk about um and i can't remember if there was a snail or not
Well, I didn't see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No. Yeah, of course not. I mean, not that you... Yeah. Well, <laughs> of course fair. we didn't see the snail. <laughs> yeah. I do want to look it up now to see if the last two episodes had a snail, but... Uh, that's not how we run our podcast. Not usually. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we go on, if you're enjoying this podcast and you made it this far, thank you. You're a real fan. If you want to support us, you can go to anchor.fm slash adventure guys podcast and contribute monetarily to us. A dollar a month will go a long way. We're, we're starting to rack it up. Um, I think our ads were turned off as of this date, October 8th, 2023. So we could use some, we could use some help. If you have a business or a band, an Etsy store, um, whatever, and you want it to advertise on our podcast, hit us up at did you see the mail at gmail.com. I mean, we do have a very focused listener base. So if you're like a ska band or a new cartoon or something, punk rock adjacent, like you've got a very dialed in audience here. So hit us up. We would, we're down and rates are negotiable. And then uh, follow us on social media and, you know, rate us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. Uh, that'd be great. Um, let's do a little miscellaneous mania. Uh, this episode was written and storyboarded by Jim Campbell, Luciola Langai, Iggy Craig, Graham Falk, and Nicole Rodriguez. All right. With a story by Jack Pendarvis, Kate Sang, Hannah K. Nystrom, Anthony Birch, and Adam Mudo. Yeah, 22-minute episode. You get a lot of creative contribution. Totally. Um, there's some really good like concept art that's that's been released yo i bet the concept art for this whole series must be out of this world must be so they they, okay so we're getting all these different versions of characters they probably cycle through like a hundred different versions of something before they landed on the one that we get to see yeah i know i mean what's really cool is in this one there's like notes accompanying the concept art so it sees here two ice clops looking clean and uniformed acting as gumball guardian proxies so there's like literally it's like ice scouts little pixies and the pikes and the hair bits to connect them to banana guards so we were right there Mm -hmm. like it's there's it's cool there's some there's some like real oh 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 the ice sword with the ice thing motif dude evidence that while the ice prince appears completely sane he still has an ice king bug in his he- his brain, even if he doesn't know it. Question mark. Okay, so not exactly where I went, but it's there's something happening there. Yo, I bet they're gonna release a really rad Fiona and Cake art book for this series. They should. Looking at all this stuff, this is cool. That was all by Steve Wolfhard. It's on the Adventure Time Wiki. Um, we should. I guess I should post some of this. Um, yeah the uh, the book that they did for Adventure Time was the Art of Ooh. Um, that book was so fucking great. Like all the behind the scenes stuff and all the concept art and everything. I bet they, they have a good one in, in, in the chamber for Fiona and cake. Yeah. So it's not an episode, but Steve Wolfhart also revealed that Adamuto thought some minor lore behind the baby world, um, at the episode, which is that Bimo's wish to Prismo resulted in this world, but he <laughs> ended up turned into a baby monitor. <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> Amazing. Oh my gosh. Bimo making it to the time cube to ask a wish from Prismo. <laughs> Just that alone is amazing. Ah. That's so good. Yeah. It's not, you know, if you go to Steve Wolfhard's, it's just Wolfhard on, on Twitter. Um, there's like a whole thread about this episode, which is just wonderful. Maybe I'll, I'll throw up a retweet. Go to <laughs> Venture Guys NY on Twitter and you'll find it. Anything you're seeing you want to bring up? <laughs> I'm um, still trying to find... I, I lost my my daily. Oh, they say that um, a point of irony is that the lemon carbs in the real world, uh, they, they do manage a food company. Um, and that's ironic given that the lemon grabs from Ooh were so fucking stupid that they starved. 
<laughs> like <laughs> they <laughs> instead instead of eating their food sources, they they kept making new lemon grabs out of them. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> they, they, they they were uh, totally mismanaging their food supply. Oh yeah, I love that. Um, the Candy Queen having an unhealthy crush on the Winter King mirrors the early season of the show. Um, which I forgot, I kind of had forgotten that Ice King was so into Princess Bubblegum. I remember the other princesses, but she just shuts them down so effortlessly and efficiently that yeah. it doesn't even register. Um, yeah, cool. Well, that's it. I don't think we need to go down the rabbit hole. Um, no. <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be kind of crazy if we did. <laughs> I mean, just like stupid. I don't even know why we would. <laughs> what, what, what is it again? You go, okay, so I go to youtube.com and, and then I just type in The Winter King. Oh, yeah, that is what we do. Okay. Oh, there's a new movie coming out called The Winter King. <clears throat> Are they making a Beetlejuice too? I don't know. Is that what I heard? Beetlejuice 2. It was just on Broadway. Wait, 2024? Wait, is this real? <laughs> Next year with Tim Burton? Is this real? Yeah, I think so. What? Are you kidding me? Jenna Ortega's going to be in it. I was like, she literally is like the new version of Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what I thought when I was watching the... What was that show? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Willem Dafoe? What is he going to play? He belongs in that world. <laughs> Justin Thoreau, I love it. Catherine um, O'Hara, you can't have uh, the other dude in it because he uh, was not cool with kids. What was who? Jeffrey Jones, or whatever the dude from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, the the principal? You know that guy? Yeah. What did he do? Um, I think child porn. Oh my gosh! Hold on. Oh yeah, season three. Soliciting a minor to pose for nude photos and had subsequent arrests for failing to update his sex offender status. Ooh. 77. Yeah, weird. But anyway, the, the rest of them are coming back. This is crazy. I'm going to have to read all about Beetlejuice 2. Oh, yeah, Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii, goes Hawaiian. I remember hearing about that. <laughs> what? That was the original um, uh, idea for the sequel. Cool. Wow, there's lots in here. Wow. Okay. And is there art for it? What is this? Whoa. Johnny Depp is involved. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what he has to do with it, but. Wow. Wait, is there? No, it's not a real trailer. This Is this a trailer? Or is this like some fake shit? Dude, we're in the rabbit hole. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Is this real? They say the afterlife is what you make it. Wait, they released this? It's not coming for a year. This is the neither world. Things work differently here. Death isn't the end. It's just a new beginning. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah. It's showtime. Wait, that was just from the original movie. Yeah. This is not real. Holy what? shit, they made this out of fake shit, dude. <laughs> I knew this couldn't be real. It has 1.1 million views. Screen culture. How did they... I guess AI and shit. No, that they just... That was pretty good for a fake trailer. <clears throat> I was kind of convinced there for a second. <laughs> all right. Well, fuck. I got to read all about this. Um, thanks, Eric. That gives me something to uh, procrastinate working on my art for. <laughs> <laughs> Just what I needed. Um, cool. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed week six in a row. Um a Fiona and Cake. We'll be back with more. Sean Harvey, we might be getting on an upcoming soon. Maybe some other guests. Um, if you ever, if there's any guests you guys ever want to hear in a pod, let us know at digitseethemail.gmail.com. I think we're going to just keep um, operating in like our own little self-contained world mainly. <laughs> but 
I'm open to ideas. So if, if anyone knows Chris Farron, uh, I think Chris Farron is like kind of like top of the list of who we really need to get we in order need. in order to to be conceptually complete. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, uh, gotta I mean, go. we, could, we could probably just like tweet at him. Yeah, <laughs> we could have asked him. I mean, we were both busy the night of his show in New York, so yeah. let's figure it out. Okay, we still there's other people we can get on. Okay, we'll talk about it more. <laughs> okay, bye. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>